Thank you. God bless you. Uh, as Adam said, I'm Cameron, pastor here. I'm glad to see you all here worshiping the Lord this Memorial Day. And uh, I'm so grateful for such wonderful weather. It was great, wasn't it, yesterday? It was fantastic. Had an outdoor wedding uh, <coughs> at uh, 11.30 in the morning. It was supposed to start at 11.30, but one of the groomsmen forgot his tux. Yeah, and uh, didn't get there for a half hour late, so 200 people sitting in the sun for a half hour, and you know that was that was interesting. But then they finally got there, and uh, and just right in the middle of the ceremony, a train goes through. Right, be right. I mean, like, like I would say a sentence, and I'd have to wait for the. <laughs> so a train went right through the ceremony. But other than that, it was a beautiful service, wasn't it? It was really quite nice. So, um, hallelujah, that was my weekend. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that we have the privilege, the opportunity to enter into your presence through singing of songs and declaring your wonder uh, in song, and that you uh, said that you inhabit the praise of your people. So in some very real but spiritual way, you are present here. Uh, Lord, you're, you also say that, uh, uh, that you are the Word, Jesus, you are the Word. Uh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so we welcome you now through your scripture, your word, to teach and uh, to direct us, to enlighten us, to transform us, uh, that our minds would be renewed by your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm in the middle of a series. I actually started last week. And uh, the verse that the series is kind of built around is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. And it says that uh, we are God's co-laborers <clears throat> or co-workers. We are God's workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And this verse, actually, I kind of came across it reading a book. And it just it hit me in, uh, uh, in a powerful way and uh, felt led to, to preach on it. And what we're doing is looking at who we are, what is our identity as the church, Based on this scripture, this has three images. Paul is in the midst of communicating the vision of what the church is to a congregation. Uh, now, this congregation that he's writing to is long gone. It was in a city in Corinth uh, almost 2,000 years ago. Uh, nevertheless, it was a group of believers, not dissimilar to you and I, uh, gathered together, and he was instructing them <clears throat> as to what the church was all about. Hey, buddy, good to see you. <laughs> Brandon's here. I haven't seen How many years has it been? Three and a half years. Wow. <clears throat> well, welcome back for the visit. <laughs> uh, and so the church, Paul used a lot of the men are gone on the men's retreat, <clears throat> um, and so... Uh, we want to. They all survived, by the way. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm kind of scatterbrained this morning. Okay. <laughs> so, where was I? We're the church. Where am I? This is it. This is the church, and the church is. Uh, Paul describes it as God's workers, God's building. Uh, God's garden, God's building. And last week we looked at what it meant to be God's building. We talked about that uh, this is referring to the church individually, 
and the church corporately in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, now you are uh, the body of Christ and members individually. And so there's this kind of overarching principle that everything that applies to the church applies to me as a member of the church. All right? Because the church is individual church members gathered together. And so the principles, the truths that apply to the whole apply to the individual. The principles apply to the individuals apply to the whole. We need to see how they work together, how they apply in us individually, and only really when each individual is functioning as the church, as God's dwelling place, can the whole enter into and fulfill our calling. Does that make sense? Okay, and so if, if, if individually we're only at 30%, guess what? The church as a whole can only attain 30% of her vision or, her, or what God's called her to be. All right, but if, if, if we're of the average, if we're running at 50%, do you understand what I'm saying? 50% of what God's called us to, 50% of the level of maturity that we ought to be at, then us as a whole can only kind of get up to 50%. How can you get above that? All right. But if each of us are are really pressing into the things of God and living our calling as individual Christians and fulfilling our calling Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, all day Sunday, right? (laughs) Then we as a whole, you all, you are the body of Christ and members individually. That's a verse, Matt. And it's a building, the picture that uh, the foundation is Jesus Christ, can't be any other foundation. It's built according to grace. And the whole point of the building is that it is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and so we're temples. That was all last week. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about being God's field or God's garden. I like God's garden because of the, it's more, uh, <coughs> is it onomatopoetic or alliterative? <laughs> they both start with G. Sounds better. <laughs> God's garden or God's field. The Greek, the Father's field. Oh, there you go. We are the Father's field. <laughs> God's garden. <clears throat> you know what the Greek means? It means a field. <laughs> <laughs> now, it does have a little bit more specific. It means a, a field that has been sown, okay, uh, seeded, okay? And, of course, uh, more, uh, much more of the people that uh, this Scripture was written to in that age were, uh, were familiar with uh, gardening and uh, planting. Um, you know, in our day, vegetables come from Myers, right? Or Walmart or whatever. <laughs> Walmart, sorry. <laughs> Got to be careful here. Hardings. <laughs> you know, uh, but back in the day, uh, everybody understood what that meant. So sometimes we need a little help understanding uh, the dynamics of what this means. And it's opposed to, <clears throat> there's a particular word, it's a, a sown field. So this is a field that has already received seed. There's been a lot of work already put into it. And it's opposed to a wild field, just an untended field. Okay, can you all picture in your mind a wild field? 
I do a lot of bike riding out in the uh, schoolcraft area, and it's beautiful out there. There's a lot of farmland and vineyards, and there's a big difference between a field that has not been worked for many years or generations and a field that's been recently plowed and seeded. Okay, a, a sown field versus a wild field. And it's also opposed to a field that is fallow. Again, this is a farming term. <clears throat> a fallow ground is field that had been plowed maybe a few years ago. And actually, our property is a fallow ground gone wild. All right, if you walk through our property, if you're allergic to poison ivy, you'll have a rash. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of poison ivy on that side. But if you see on the trail, we have a tr walking trail. But if you walk through there, you'll find ridges uh, that were that had been plowed. Someone plowed this field and tried to get something to grow here many, many years ago. It's a fallow ground. There's, you can still see the plow marks. But nothing had been sown, and it had been left to go wild. God's field, and the word that um, <clears throat> Paul uses here, is very specific. It's a field that has been plowed and seeded. All right. Does that make sense? Sown field. Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a sown field. Same term. A couple of different places. In Matthew 13, he talks about the parable of the sower. Should be familiar with that, where uh, uh, the kingdom of God is like unto a, 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 a man, a, he sows seed, and some falls among the stony ground, and some falls among the thorns, right? And some falls on good soil. And the good soil responds and bears fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. We all familiar with that one? Yes? No? Maybe so? Raise your hand if you've heard it. Great. And then uh, what's another? Uh, right in the same chapter, chapter 13 is a parable of the wheat and the tares. Remember that story? Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a field that a man owned and, and had a servant's uh, 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 plant. <clears throat> but an enemy came in and planted tares or weeds. And when the, uh, you know, a few days, a few weeks later, the, the plants sprouted and his servants came and said, Master, uh, there are tares within the, the wheat. What should we do? They could tell by the, you know, you look at the plant. That's not a wheat plant. That's a wheat plant. It's all mixed up. <clears throat> should we pull out the tares? And he said, no, don't do that. Because if you do that, you'll uproot the good plants. He says, wait to the harvest. Then we'll separate the good from the bad. And the bad will be thrown into the fire. And so Jesus often, and there's other parables where Jesus compares the kingdom of God to a field that has been sowed, uh, sown or planted, or that uh, the Word of God is like a seed. So we're God's garden. We're God's uh, seed. And I want to do a little illustration just so that we can get a, a mental picture. If someone could help me by moving these tables up here. Move this out of the way. Sweet. Just right in the corner. I need two volunteers on the stage. Yeah, right there. That's good. That's good. Two guys. I need a guy. Who's a guy? Man. Okay, Chris. He's the man. All right. Right here, Chris. One more. One more. Brandon, come on up. Do <laughs> 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 you get a what? <laughs> okay, you can do that. <laughs> okay, open up that. All right, these are your raw materials. <laughs> All right, why don't you show everyone, Brandon, what's in there? 
Why don't you show everybody what's in there? Okay. Now, the Scripture says we're like a building. So could you build a building? Okay, just a small building. See how quick you can build a building here? No, no, come on. Build, build something that looks like a house. Maybe I should have had a younger kid come up here. <laughs> All right, look at it. He's got a door there. He's already got a foundation. Okay, you're and we're like a, a garden, right? Okay, so these these are your raw materials are inside here. And uh, here we need a little bit of this. Okay, the first one that gets done wins. I think you're going for something too big. <laughs> okay. Don't take that's my drinking water, so <laughs> all right, where's the garden? We'll just make can come on. He's almost done. Brandon, come on. Okay, got the point? You can finish at your seat. <laughs> All right, you can sit down. <laughs> yeah, give him a hand. I don't know how good that illustration was, but the, the, it takes time. Let's, let's, let's talk about this. Can you all see this? Crooked uh, building, garden. What are some differences? Oh, time, seasons. What about a building? It's got a foundation uh, built with pieces. pieces. It's inorganic versus organic. What are some other differences? Right? Give other people some time. Reproduces versus... What do buildings do? Deteriorate. Have you ever seen a building reproduce? They have they have difficult that buildings have difficulties with intimacy. Joke. Buildings are shelter. What would be a comparative? Gardens need to be watered. <clears throat> watered, nurtured. Gardens are alive. Buildings are 
Buildings are dead. <laughs> if the building's not dead, it needs to be torn down. Sorry, honey. <laughs> ah, food. Now, one's not good and the other bad because we are God's building. We are God's garden. They both have a purpose. But the purpose is different. Anybody else? Gardens grow. Yes. Bingo. Uh, they're all bingos, but people build, people sow, but God grows. That's a good word right there, man. So we see a lot of difference. I think you guys got uh, pretty much everything that I had on my list. Um, One thing that uh, I think is kind of interesting is that, uh, and I think this is what Tori kind of keyed into. I can never open this box. It's my boys. You know, this is kind of the, the. It's like it's messy, especially when they're dumped out on the on the on the floor and you step on them. But overall, it's pretty clean. But when Brandon was standing up here, I saw a spider crawling around in here. Yeah, yeah. Who would like to come and? Yeah, there were some weeds in here, and I pulled them out, and I thought I should have left those. So there's a big difference between dirt. (laughs) What? And nice, neat, orderly blocks. Right? And which one are we? Ah, we're both. We're both. We're both. That's the point. Okay? Um, And there are characteristics that we need to have operating in our lives that are um, described by these two different illustrations. You know, if you're just a building, what's a, what good is a... Let's, let's continue with the farm uh, illustration. <clears throat> what good is a beautiful barn if there are no fields? You know what it becomes? We have a few of them in our community. You know what they become? Huh? Museums. Theaters. Theaters where people go and pretend they have a life. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> theaters a valued part of our society, and I appreciate the especially live theater. But they become museums. There's one on, on Westnidge where you can go and watch how people used to farm. Really? Yeah. But it doesn't produce any fruit. So a barn without fields, without dirt, without the, the, the outward structure or, the, or even the inward structure within an individual. Remember, this all applies individually. Apart from the organic, living, growing, dirty part, is useless. How about the flip side? 
What about a field if you have no barns? You lose your work. Anybody else? Can you hear that? It goes wild. It goes just like their field back here. And it becomes more and more infested with just wild growth. And it's beautiful to walk through a field, you know, and see trees. But you can't live off that, can you? Are, are you hearing me? Somebody say amen. Okay. <clears throat> and so a field without the building, uh, maybe there's life, but there's no structure that provides shelter. If you have great fields and you grow a whole bunch of food and you harvest the food and then you go, what do we do with it? And you put it in a big pile and then winter comes, guess what happens? What happens? It all gets blown away or animals come and eat it or it rots. All right? It gets rained on and it just rots and turns back into dirt. Right? <clears throat> okay, so building structure, uh, this, this part that is organized, that is structured, is important. It provides safety, but apart from a living, uh, something organic, something alive within, something that God has to do, <clears throat> I can schedule uh, a building time, I can get the materials, and I can build a building. But I plant seed, and I put in water, and I even put it in sun, and then I, that's it, man. Then I just like hope and count on it happened. It worked last year, <laughs> you know, and we can, we can do a little, some things that help it grow. We can fertilize it. We can weed it. Right. But we, there's something magic there, isn't there? There's a God thing. God required, God designed a system by which that seed contains with it, even though the seed is dead, it contains with it the ability to bring life and to reproduce. And they need to, we need to be both. Now let's try to bring this to some uh, application and how this can <coughs> uh, actually uh, point us to a place of growth. First of all, if you read 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 5 through 8, I'm going to real quickly refer to this. 1 Corinthians 3. Um, and verse 5, the context of this verse, it says, Who then is Paul, who is Apollos, but ministers through whom you believed, as the Lord gives to each one? I planted, Apollos watered. He's talking about this, this uh, illustration of a field. But God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but who, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. We're just workers in the field. Uh, but God who gives, but it's God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labors. Then he goes on and he says, for we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, God's building. But as I talked about last week, that's really in the Greek, it's more like God's build, uh, uh, God's co-workers, God's building, God's garden you are. 
And he's emphasizing these points. Because it's not about me. It's not about Apollos. It's about what God's doing. Yeah, we're laborers and we'll get a reward. And then later in the verse, we'll talk about this in the next couple of weeks, that we're laborers too, just like Paul and Apollos. We labor in our own field. We build according to, we have to be careful how we build. So we're one of the laborers. All right. But Paul's saying it's not about the laborer. It's about what God's doing. And so... <clears throat> You know, I constantly get bombarded with, boy, have you heard what so-and-so preached? Or have you read the latest Rick Joyner newsletter? You know, <laughs> you know have, you, have you heard the latest Bill Johnson teaching? And did you hear what happened with Todd Bentley? And this and that. And you know what? It's not about Todd Bentley or Bill Johnson or, 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 or Rick Joyner. And those guys, you know, would agree with me. It's about what God is growing. Okay. Because it's you. You're the garden. You're the building. We're co-laborers. All right? And so why is God do... What seed has God sown in your life? And how are you tending that garden? Okay? That's what it's all about. That's the purpose. That's the telos, if you want to use a Greek word. That's the purpose of this verse is to focus on it's God's garden and you are God's garden. Say, I am God's garden. All right. Um, It's about what seed God has planted in you and how you are tending the garden. So how are you tending your garden? Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep means tend. Take care of diligently. <clears throat> Proverbs says, I walked by the field of a lazy man and the fence was all broken down and, and weeds had grown up. Proverbs says, lazy man in winter is hungry because <clears throat> he didn't work in summer. All right. You know, God's concerned with our natural food but Proverbs wasn't talking about a literal garden. It's talking about your life. And how is it tended? <clears throat> you know, first of all, the raw material is dirt. Okay? You're God's field. So what does that make you? <laughs> kind of deals with that whole pride issue, doesn't it? <laughs> we we can build big edifices, edifice complex, right? <clears throat> and this is this is this is what happens. Let me just kind of get it to the point. We can do a Bible study. We can have a prayer meeting. All right. You see? We can uh, memorize a scripture. We can go to a church meeting. We can go to a conference, Ooh. right? We can sing a worship. We can write a worship song, you know. Oops, it's falling apart. I was never good with Legos. <clears throat> we could worship for hours and hours and hours and hours, all right? And it's just an empty structure. <clears throat> Those are things are important. They're extremely important. They're just as important. 
But they're not all of what's going on. Because we need the seed. What's God doing? Because we're also like a garden that we're just dirt. And in dirt, there's bugs. There's nutrients. You know what nutrients are made out of? Other stuff that's rotting. Bug poop. Amen, brother? You're, you're, you're a scientist, right? Right? <clears throat> what does it go? Uh, uh, organic chemistry here. Right? But that's good, isn't it? So you come across some bug poop in your life. What do you do with it? <laughs> no, what you do with it is you, tur- you turn it over. Okay? And you let the water and the sunshine on it, and it, it breaks down into useful chemicals. A pile of poop isn't productive, even though it all starts with P. Sounds. The letter P. When I was a kid, we had ponies. We had eight Shetland ponies at one point. And let me tell you, ponies poop. I do believe they produce more poop than their body weight at least every week. And guess who had to clean it up? My brothers and I. And sometimes it would get, you know, much, almost knee deep, you know, in the shed in the barn because they stay in the little barn and, where it's cold, and you had to, and guess what we did with it? We shoveled it into the manure spreader, and then we took the poop and went out on the field and distributed it onto the ground. And pretty soon, the forces of time and the season would change, and God's light would shine on it, and there'd be rain, and that poop would decompose into something that was actually useful, that the plants would grow, and that there'd be life. All right? And so God can transform it just because there's poop in your life doesn't mean that you're poop. It just means that there's stuff that needs to be it needs to be turned over. You need to tend your garden. All right? What other what other stuff grows up? How many have a garden? Weeds. I was a teenager in high school and I remembered the gardens my mom used to 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 make grow. My mom was like gardener, like gardens as big as this room, seriously. You know, and actually this is a thought. I remember as I was thinking of this sermon, I was thinking, man, I want a fresh-grown carrot. You can't get a carrot. You know, you take a carrot out of the ground, you wash it off and eat it. It tastes totally different than any carrot that you can buy in any store. Right, some of you know that. Or we, where I grew up, we had an orchard, and I, as a kid, I could go out and pick apples or pears or cherries off the tree and eat them. And there's something about that, <clears throat> you know. But I, I wanted a, this is really, I wanted a carrot, so I talked to my dad. At this point, my parents were divorced. I was living with my dad. I was like, Dad, I really want to do a garden. And so, all right, I, you know, he's like, okay, we're gonna do a garden. So <clears throat> he helps me, you know. He actually does the rotor tiller and and uh, gets the makes it breaks up the fallow ground and I plant seed and we do it all right. But then I really didn't want to go out and weed the garden, you know, and about halfway through it, I was like, I don't really care about that carrot. 
<clears throat> and then my dad made me one day weed the garden by force. And I hated it. And I was really mad at my dad. And I did it one time. And you know what? The garden just went to waste. Because I didn't tend my garden. And so I never did get anything out of it. And and at the end of the summer, I looked at that garden. I thought that was a big waste. But I learned a lesson from it. Well, your lives are like a garden. And God's seed has been entrusted to you. How are you weeding it? And there's some weeds that have sprouted up in your life. And those weeds will choke out the incorruptible Word of God. It's it's good seed. Jesus, uh, the parable of the wheat and the tares, that was good seed that was sown. No, the seed was good, but an enemy came and planted bad seed along with it. Can you differentiate between a good plant and a bad plant? A plant that's going to produce and reproduce, produce fruit, and a plant that's going to produce thorns and thistles? Are you hearing me? How are you weeding your life? Are you allowing influences that are not of God, not of God's Word, to grow up into your life and corrupt? Because if you do, your life will end up an unfruitful, uh, overgrown garden that wisdom will walk by and say, the fence, how about the fence? Are you protecting the garden from predators, from rabbits and robbers? What's a rabbit do in a garden? It eats the stuff or deer around here. And so you got to protect it. That's what the structure's for. You have structure. You have daily Bible time. You study God's Word. You go to church. You're in fellowship. You're under counsel. You're under leadership. Okay? Structure. But then within that structure is real life. That that's alive. It's organic. It's growing. You're watering it with God's Spirit. You're exposing it to the light and the power of God and His Son. And something grows. And when you bring them both together, that produces fruit. Jesus said, My Father is glorified when you bear much fruit. In other words, that makes the Father happy when you bear fruit. But bearing fruit means there has to be structure built in your life and there has to be dirt that's worked and tended and uh, cared for and nurtured and uh, fed and all of this kind of... That's who we are. And that's how we can become all that God wants us to be. Amen? All right, Sarah has some announcements.